Hey everybody, welcome to the Good Line Podcast. This is Aaron Salvato, and I'm so excited to let you know that on this show, in addition to interviews and theological deep dives, we are also going to introduce a new segment onto the show, a new recurring segment that's going to be a Q&A segment where we answer questions that come in both from people online that email questions in or submit them in through our website, but also questions submitted by students of the Good Lion School of Discipleship, which is this year-long program and initiative that we're running locally in Yukon, Oklahoma to help young adults walk deeper in the way of Jesus. And I'm so excited about already seeing the positive impact of this program and how it's already encouraging and building up some of the young people out here in Yukon where I live. We could really use your prayers as we continue to grow and expand this program. And if you want to know more about the Good Lion School of Discipleship, you can go to our website, goodlion.school. Now let's get to the question. In this episode, we'll be answering a question that came in from one of our students. I believe that it's going to resonate with a lot of you listeners. So let's go ahead and dive in. So you guys, I am so grateful for the opportunity to share on the topic of servanthood. It's such an important topic. It's meant so much to me. And I'm just really impressed by the willingness that these young adults have to ask honest questions. And so I want to try to respond to these questions in a way that challenges people to grow deeper in their faith and to become really better servants of Christ. So let's go to the first question. The first question we got was, what is the biggest motivator to go and serve? Because it can feel like life is so busy and it requires other sacrifices just to make time to serve. That's, man, such a good question. And and they're right. Life can be busy and demanding, and it's easy to get caught up in our own needs and wants. However, as followers of Christ, we're called to a different standard. I mean, Jesus taught us that the greatest commandment is to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. You see, love is the biggest motivator for serving others, and when we love others, we're putting their needs before ours and we're showing them the same kind of love that Jesus showed us when he washed the disciples' feet. Remember, that's the kind of love that goes for the lowest job, the, the kind of love that does what no one expects you to do, and the kind of love that even washes the feet of those that we may not feel deserve it, like, for instance, Judas. But how can we love others when we're so busy? Well, I think the answer is found in our priorities. In Matthew 6, Jesus said, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added to you. When we put God first in our lives, we can trust that he'll take care of us, and he's going to provide for our needs. And serving others becomes then this natural outflow of our love for God, and we find that our busyness becomes a blessing rather than a burden. Now, let's just take a minute to stop right there because as I heard myself say that phrase, right, my, my busyness becomes a blessing rather than a burden. Man, that concept I feel like could so easily be abused and even used to manipulate people to just, just pour themselves out for the kingdom of God and not actually take care of their own souls. 
And really, isn't that what we've seen in so many churches? People falling apart, just trying so hard to earn God's favor through serving Him, but not actually taking the time to to be with Him and to draw from the vine and to abide in that vine, to receive from Jesus the filling of His Spirit needed to serve Him. So let's, let's just stop for a minute and break down. What do I mean by your busyness becomes a blessing rather than a burden? Am I saying that busyness itself is a virtue, that everyone should strive to be busy? No, that's not what I'm saying. The reality is most people will say that they are busy. Almost everybody I talk to these days, including myself, is constantly saying that they are busy. I think in our modern age, busyness can be kind of unavoidable. I think no matter which way you slice it, we are all doing a lot of things with our life. And so I think what we need to do is assess what we are doing and ask the question, are we doing the right things with our time? You know, in psychology, being too busy is often described as this state of chronic busyness or overload, where an individual feels overwhelmed by their commitments, obligations, and responsibilities. And this, my friends, can result in this variety of negative psychological and physical effects, including stress, burnout, fatigue. It's, it's, it's something that we all know. <laughs> I myself have faced this. And according to the cognitive theory of stress and coping, being too busy can be extra stressful when we perceive our obligations as being beyond our coping resources, leading to just feelings of helplessness and loss of control. And really, I know for so many, a lot of our anxiety and depression comes from a feeling of loss of control. In fact, additional research has shown that when we experience this experience of being too busy, often we have this reduced sense of well-being, lower life satisfaction, and this decreased ability to engage in things like just relaxing <laughs> and self-care. I mean, overall, too busy can just have this ridiculously taxing effect on our mental health and well-being. And this is something like I myself have dealt with. I am a doer. I love to serve. I, I love to feel like I'm being productive for God's kingdom. But you know, I, I read this book called The uh, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. And, and man, I mean, it was so good. It, it described this need for like this intentional and deliberate effort to combat chronic busyness. He talks about making conscious choices about how we use our time and prioritize the things that matter the most to us. And one thing that I picked up from that book is that if we're gonna combat this chronic busyness, we have to prioritize our relationship with God first. We have to abide in Christ. If we're not connected to the vine and drawing the nutrients from the vine, we're not gonna be able to produce fruit. And what this looks like for me is just intentionally seeking God's presence and guidance in my life. And I don't do that perfectly. I've, I, those of you guys who listen to the show a long time know I have struggled my entire life with the idea of daily devotions. I, I am not super disciplined the way that my parents were. Uh, but for me, I've had to figure out what does it look like for me daily to seek God's presence and his guidance and rely on his spirit to direct my actions and decisions, to, to rely on his scripture, his written down word to help me learn what are my ethics in life? What are my values in life? And then 
how do I fit into this great overarching story God is telling about his redemption of humanity? And so for me, by focusing on abiding in Christ first, I can gain this sense of perspective and, and really clarity that allows me to make better choices about how I use my time. There was a time when I was young and unmarried and had no kids. And I, man, I was young, I was independent, and I had so much free time. And I could basically say yes to basically any ministry opportunity that came my way. I could take off a week of work to go volunteer as a youth leader at a summer camp. And then literally the day after camp, I could be serving with my church and then I could be literally the next week off on a missions trip. And you know, these days, I've realized that if I don't make decisions about how my ministry time gets used, I get so burned out and tired and discouraged and I start to rely on my own efforts, my own abilities, and I start to look at what I'm doing and I'm like, man, why isn't this producing the fruit that I wanna see? Why aren't my efforts as successful as I want them to be? Why does this not seem to be working? Why am I so tired? Why am I so burned out? And I've, I've realized it's because I'm operating in the flesh in those moments. I'm trying to make things happen on my own. And I've actually learned the, the power of saying no to sometimes things that seem like they're really good things. To actually prioritize my marriage and now my fathering, taking care of my son, making sure that my son has a good childhood where his father is present and active in his life making sure that I take time to step back and spend time with Jesus, who is not just my commander-in-chief giving me orders, but he's actually my mentor, my master, my friend, my rabbi. And if I'm just constantly on the battlefield marching, but not actually listening to his orders <laughs> and really his heart and his vision for not just the world, but my life and what he wants to see in my marriage and in my spiritual development. How can I help other people spiritually develop if I'm not taking time to learn what, what does God have in mind for my spiritual development? So really it all comes down to making intentional choices about how we use our time and relying on the guidance of the Holy Spirit. I'm not talking about being lazy. I'm not talking about sitting back and doing nothing but I am talking about strategically trying to take time to connect with the spirit and with family and with friends and with mentors who can pour into you so that you're available to pour out in the other areas that God has for you to serve. You know, it reminds me of the oxygen mask analogy. When you're on an airplane, the flight attendant always reminds you, if there's an emergency on the plane, you need to put on your oxygen mask first before you help others. This is not because the airline is trying to teach you to be just a selfish, self-absorbed jerk. No, it's because if you are not able to breathe, you will not be able to help anyone else to breathe. And in the same way, we need to take care of our own physical, emotional, and spiritual needs so that we can be healthy and strong to serve others. Man, I'm preaching to the choir. This is a lesson that I have continued to need to learn my entire life. So to summarize, what, what is the biggest motivator to go out and serve? That was the original question. The biggest motivator should be love. 
It should be understanding who Jesus is and what he's done for you and what his heart for you is and what his heart is for the world. He wants to love the world. He wants to save the world. He wants to rescue and redeem people. There is a world out there full of people hurting, people lost, people struggling. There's that classic phrase, be kind for everyone you meet is facing a hard hidden battle. And it's so true. Our biggest motivator to serve should be God, <laughs> the King, served us. He collectively washed the feet of humanity. He wiped our sins away. He washed our sins away when he died for us on that cross. And he calls us into this deeper life where we find meaning and fulfillment, not in pursuing our own ego, our own agenda, but by self-sacrificing our lives for others. And I, I guarantee you, if you are listening to this and you find yourself trying to get ahead, trying to gain, constantly trying to get more and wondering why you still feel empty and numb, I guarantee that if you start picking up on this idea of serving others in the name of Jesus, you will find so much joy in this. But I love the second part of the question. It feels like life is so busy that it requires other sacrifices just to make time to serve. This is very true. And so my final parting words on this to all the young people listening and, and also leaders in ministry listening, because like me, I need to hear this stuff too. I'm just preaching the amazing stuff I picked up from other mentors. But yes, life is very busy and serving does require sacrifice. And that is why you cannot put on yourself the burden to save the world. You can't save anybody. Jesus is the one who does the saving. And so for you, your responsibility is to first abide in Christ, spend time with him, get filled up, and then listen to the guidance of his spirit on where you should direct your serving energy. Ask him, Lord, where can I serve? Where can I serve in my family? Where can I serve at my local church? Where can I serve in my city? Where can I serve in my friend groups? How can I make a positive impact for your kingdom? And then chase after that. Make time for that. Make time first for the Lord. Make time then for serving. Don't overburden yourself with thinking that you need to save the world. Instead, view yourself as one small piece in this massive puzzle, in this massive tapestry that Jesus is weaving called the church. You can't save the world, but he is saving the world, and he wants to involve you in the process. And through serving others with a joyful heart, through small acts of obedience, you will be involved in laying the building bricks of the kingdom of God that will last into eternity.